G'day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Christie-David, and you may know me that I run a mortgage broking business called Atelier Wealth, where we specialize in helping property investors start out and scale up their property portfolio and on, on, on their ambitious journey to build intergenerational wealth through property. We bring along some excellent guests, so people that are called best in breed. So we're talking buyers, agents, we're talking accountants, financial planners, Today's guest is a little left of center, but has will have a lot to say. And I feel like I have a message that will resonate with a lot of Illawarra locals as well. So Ben Wallen from Wallen Architects. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, mate. Before we kick off, I want to uh, just reiterate that this uh, is a general uh, chat and not intended to give advice. So if you do need advice, please seek out a professional. So Ben is a well-known name in Illawarra architecture. You've been around for well over 15 years on the on the South Coast there, mate. You've been award-winning. So we've got a Linda, uh, Linda Prize, Linda Prize for New South Wales Architecture Awards. And uh, and I guess you've got a really good reputation, mate. So what we want to do is learn a little bit about yourself personally, professionally, your your journey down to be based on the South Coast as well. And then we'll talk about something exciting that's coming up in the Illawarra just after that, mate. So welcome on. Love to hear more about you. Good to be here. Yeah, so um, I started my uh, journey actually um, in Newcastle, the other steel city. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up there and um, first of all, I, I started life as uh, my career as an environmental scientist. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I just always loved nature. I loved being out in the bush love going for um, long multi-day hikes and I uh, thought, oh, well, you know, it, it's worth saving nature. And, and I could see, you know, living in Newcastle, the coal being extracted. I thought, oh, that's probably my, my, um, my thing to get into. But what happened was I got a job in the coal mines <laughs> after I graduated. And that was kind of a little bit um, debilitating and, and I felt ineffectual. So I decided, oh, I've got, to, I've got to go and see the world. Did the Aussie thing, you know, went over to London, travelled around, went to um, North America, Mexico and, and Asia. Yeah, and kind of got back and was inspired by all the architecture and thought, yeah, maybe actually I can have a bigger impact in architecture because, as we know, uh, our buildings actually contribute 40% or thereabouts of, of our overall carbon footprint of the planet. And so I thought maybe sustainable design is, is a much more proactive kind of place for me to be in. So I studied architecture. I went through um, five years is the, is the degree and then came out and I like to now think of myself as an environmental architect. Beautiful. Um, sustainability is is obviously a key word these days but um it's also unfortunately gets a lot of greenwashing <laughs> mm. um and the way i i see environmental architects the way i kind of think about that is um that it's kind of dissolving that boundary between uh man and and nature so that uh, you know our, our kind of living built environments can sit more harmoniously with with the environment so that's that's the short bit of, of how I became an architect. Nice. That's how I ended up on the south coast. Well, Sydney prices, I can tell you, <laughs> had a big factor at play. We were living in Bronte. Yeah. Uh, paying, you know, exorbitant amounts of, of rent. Yeah. Um, and could just see the prices going up. We loved the beach. See, I came from Newcastle, another beach, so um, beach yeah. town. And I couldn't 
bear the thought of of not living near the beach. And so we looked up, we looked northern beaches, we looked going back to Newcastle, um, Central Coast. Uh, my sister was living down in Austinmere at the time and we, we were often visiting her. And um, we thought, oh, actually, it's only an hour away from the airport or thereabouts. Yeah. It's only an hour and a bit into Sydney. Uh, it's got all the mods and cons in Wollongong and um, it's got beautiful beaches, stunning scenery, national park north, national parks west, national yeah. parks south. It's actually ticks all the boxes. Um, and so we, we uh, moved to Austin there first. We were renting out there in this beautiful modernist um, sort of Pettit and Sevet design. I don't know if you know Pettit and Sevet, but it, beautiful house. Been in love with the place. Uh, tried to buy that house from our um, landlords yeah. and they said, no, we're moving down. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, God, we've got to just get a foothold then. So we, we were looking around and um, end up getting a little um, fibro shack in, in Coldale and, and have looked back. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, great. And I guess from when you've been in Coldale to where it is now, it's probably you've seen the evolution and or even a bit of a gentrification going through that suburb as well, isn't it? Oh, massive. I mean, when we first kind of moved down, it was pre-Penny. It was, I think it was 2000, mid-2015 or thereabouts. Mm. And, um, you know, you could still get a place for under a million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was affordable. Yeah. And then, the, and then COVID hit and, you know, at a regional boom, it just sort of went gangbusters yeah. and people were starting to see the benefits of this area as well. I think predominantly in the past, it was always seen, the Northern Illawarra was seen as a holiday home place, a bit of a quiet little beach suburbs, a lot of um, people from the Shire having their yeah. holiday homes down here. Yeah. Uh, and that's changed. Like all of our friends are from, a lot of our friends are from Redfern. Yeah, oh, they that, call yeah this, there's in a west migration. Yeah, that's right. And they call this area actually. I think someone's coined it the inner west on the beach or something like <laughs> that. I've heard that anyway. Um, at one point there, I was talking to some real estate real estate agents, and they said most of the buyers that they were experiencing um, were from Balmain. Yeah, that, right. that was 2019. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess we've yeah we've, we've seen plenty of Sydney uh, siders that have moved down the coast going here on them. Only really an hour away, but get an awesome lifestyle and get an awesome property for a bang for your buck. It's uh, it's yeah. kind of it's it's come out of its sleepy state. I'd say it's like that little hidden gem has been discovered, um, which yeah. I think it's great for the area and it's bringing some really wonderful talent down as well. It's just, I guess, there's that squeeze on locals and what they you've been used to from a price perspective and what it's shifted to now blows their mind, doesn't it? it I totally, and I I feel. I feel for a lot of the locals who perhaps hadn't got a foothold into the market mm. at that point in time, you know, right. and we're, we're looking and watching prices go um, so far north. Correct. Um, and that's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because what makes this place special is the real diversity of 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 um, people. Yeah. And the strength of the community as well is something that That's I've right. really not encountered before. Um, uh, you know, think incentives like the 
Electrify 2515 program. Yeah. Um, there was the um, Save the Rule. Um, you know, people just, I think, you know, just really kind of looking out for one another and also um, appreciate that sense of community. Very much. Very which much. Is, yeah, which in the big city is sometimes hard to find. It's, it's, it's not easily achievable with with so many people kind of moving place to place and, and, right. and so much more density. Correct. It's yeah, a little bit more transient, right. isn't it, compared to, I guess, people put down roots and they want to be there. And you talk about families who have been there for generations mm-hmm. almost. You don't get that yeah. potentially in some areas of Sydney where it, mm-hmm. it is a little bit more transient or people are there for a short time, not a long time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Perfect. Mate, the, um, take me through, because I know I've looked at your business. I've obviously seen your name in and around the area as well. So take me through, because you talk about like your bushfire um, prone type, your, your architecture centers around that. So take me through a little bit about your business and I guess the the sweet spot that you've really got for your architecture business as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, as I said about sustainability, it's evolved a lot as we're kind of coming into this um, new era of, okay, climate change is definitely here. It's affecting the planet. We can see that in the, in the size of our bushfire season getting expanded, but also the events getting bigger. Um, the floods, looks like we're probably about to go into a bunch of droughts. Yeah. What, what, and look, sustainability still goes a long way, but the main thing with sustainability was to reduce our impact on the planet now what we're looking at is really um, making ourselves um, resilient. And so that's kind of where the evolution of sustainability has gone from this idea of, okay, we've got to save the planet to now, okay, we've got to save ourselves <laughs> as well because, you know, if you're, I live in a bushfire area, like there's no doubt about it, if a bushfire came in this area, um uh, we'd be under threat. And so the idea of resilient design, I think, is that kind of evolution, that natural evolution. Um, so for Bushfire, that was, for me, marrying my um, scientific back- background, environmental science background, um, into architecture. And how, how do those two things, that art and that science, come together? Um, and so in, in uh, 2014, I put in a... Um, uh, a research grant which was under the David Linder program and it was about how can we convert our communities into uh, much more resilient um, communities for bushfire. And that was a, a little exercise in uh, the Blue Mountains. So the problem with the Blue Mountains is it's all up on ridges. It's all in the bush. Yeah. Um, it's got Massive amounts of national park on the north, massive amounts of national park on the south. A lot of the communities have one way in, one way out. Yes. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, it has in the past in the 1940s, 50s, had some really bad bushfires come into the main townships, but it hasn't in a long time. And so it was like, well, what can we do? How do we kind of um, make these communities more resilient and really what we found in in the um um the bushfires of the 2019-2020 season so important that community number one community could come together and that they had a um a local base a safe place 
So when they get that big, there's, you know, not enough resources to actually um, tackle the blaze. I, I'm, in, I'm a volunteer in the RFS and, you know, you, you can call up in those big events and even though we've got trucks everywhere, it's not to say that you will get a truck there immediately yeah, saving your right. home. Thus the importance of having a resilient home, having all those um, bushfire resilient measures on your house, but also having a place in your nearby in your community that you know where you can go, you know, a safe hold. And that, that is often these days the, um, the bushfire brigades, the local bushfire brigade shed. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's usually a sporting oval as well, and they'll they'll surround the oval with their appliances, and make sure that that's safe. Uh, and so, in my uh, dissertation, I came up with a a childcare centre that could double as a bushfire safe place. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and it was just the, uh, really exploring the idea of you know digging into the ground a bit, being underneath, um, minimal exposure with glass to the um, to the trees or where the clo- closest forest was, uh, and, but, and multiple exits, all these kind of things, sprinkler systems, all, all of that. And so that's, that's kind of an, an example of the kind of approach I take to taking on each site and seeing what are the, what are the um, uh, opportunities and constraints and how do we make this house survive, you know, into this climate change future? Predominantly residential, I, I exercise in. Yeah. I, do, I do the odd work on some community centres and some group homes. Um, and, you know, most of my clients come to me with a real kind of uh, idea behind reducing their impact on the planet, whether that's through, um, you know, um, passive design systems integrated into the design, including landscape, uh, whether that's active systems like solar panels, water tanks, pumps, all of that, um, heating and cooling, all of those measures sort of combining into this nice, neat, resilient house uh, so they can feel confident about going into the future. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. I love that. It's certainly the you're probably almost ahead of your time a few years ago, right? And the bushfires kind of put that smack bang uh, front and center for a lot of people. And then you think about now where I guess we were at a conference recently and they're talking about, you know, what's the future for housing and what does that the market look like? And a lot of the, a lot of the focus is on sustainable developments. For example, uh, we've seen a few, I've, I've been part of a development that was out at Melrose Park that you know the six star rating um and and the way they designed and laid out that entire development just kind of speaks volumes about how we're going to see future developments unfold as well for communities but then also banks are coming to the party going you know we're doing solar loans we're doing green home loans for example and so now banks are rewarding and recognizing people that are making that energy uh efficiency in their home or investment into solar they're being rewarded as well. Yeah, I mean, flow through to electric vehicles now getting a better, you know, better rate because you know banks are now kind of gearing themselves towards this. So, I feel like it's the movement is certainly on. That groundswell movement's happened, and now commercially, it's only kind of being met halfway as well. Yeah, you're t- you're seeing that work its way into actually. Like all my clients now are asking for the the charging points in their garage. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. We've got an electric car. 
Yeah. So we're this thing to come home and plug your car in. <laughs> you know, it took a while for me to kind of come to terms with that. It's a whole new concept. But yeah. 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 I mean, sure, the power bill goes up, but I mean, you know, you see the gas prices these days, you see these conflicts happening. And that, right. that again, not just uh, climate change, but you're seeing world events affect um, things like the price of, of um, energy, the price of fuel, yep. the recent um, crisis in, in the Gaza, it likely going to push petrol prices up. Spot on. So if you've got that ability to charge your car and you've got solar panels up top, boom, you know, mm-hmm. you're just you're in a much better um, position to take on these kind of crises. Yeah, we'll see. See them through, yeah. Perfect. And I guess, yeah, I mentioned about the Illawarra uh, and something that's I'm really excited and I know that you'll be pumped about this that's happening on the 25th of November is the Illawarra Festival of Architecture and Design. So what I'd like to do is talk a little bit more about what the event is going to entail. I know there's quite a lot of activations happening during the day as well. So do you want to kind of take us through how did this, uh, this idea come to life and then what can people expect on the day as well, Ben? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so pre-COVID, um, I decided to have an architecture festival, but it was a satellite festival to the Sydney Architecture Festival. And it was really just a, a collective of uh, local architects giving a talk, and that subject was um, under the Sydney Architecture Festival banner, which was more affordable. That was just the tagline. Okay. So it was all ideas about affordability and how architecture can can tackle those fast forward post pandemic and yeah. um, uh, what we, th- we we were going to do it with the Sydney Architecture Festival but they've been prevaricating about bringing it back and so uh, my co-director and I said well let's just give it a go <laughs> love it um, and so we came up with the idea because it had been a few years uh, the idea of out of practice. So out of practice because we're out of practice sort of holding events. Yeah. We're out of practice coming out of architectural practice and we're out of practice having these community events, these festivals. And so the idea is bring us bring that back, that conversation, because I think that's really important um, to not only promote architecture but to promote good quality built environment in the in, in our case in the Illawarra that's yep. our real focus we're trying to keep it about the Illawarra and and so um Penny my uh co-director and I decided yeah let's give it another go let's make it a bit bigger and better and let's make it an annual thing and so we've come up with it's just a it's a whole day of great architecturally kind of led activities so 7 a.m I'm taking a uh, a bike tour. So I've been slowly mapping all these really beautiful architecture homes along the northern Illawarra, and they can yeah. go back to, you know, 1960s, but some are built, you know, last year. And so I'm going to lead a tour with the bike mirror of Wollongong, Edward Burt, and we're going to take 20 people and see um, these fantastic homes, not to mention riding along that spectacular coastline, the Secret Bridge, past um, uh, all the beaches and we go up on the escarpment in places and these little houses, which no one would have known, we've got a, a Wilkinson award-winning house up here in wow. Wambara that we're going to go and visit. We're only going to see them from the outside on the bike tour, but 
But Wilkinson Award winning, that is the uh, the um, pinnacle of New South Wales Architectural Awards. Uh, it, it won back in the 1990s. We'll go past that one. We'll go past a whole bunch of other beautiful homes. And we, we end up in Austin Mere at 10 a.m., so that's three hours. And then if you want to continue that, that tour, uh, you, you just love architecture so much, you go and do the open house tour where you get to go inside nice. and you can meet the architect and they'll talk a bit about the design processes and stuff and you get to kind of walk through and that's thanks to the owners. Their, their, their generosity is letting people, letting a whole bunch of strangers come through their house. Um, that's, that's from 10 till 12. And then at that point in time, we're all going to head over down to um, the open studio space, which is down in behind uh, Bunnings in Blamby. And it's going to be an afternoon of panel discussions. There's three streams. Um, one is interiors. The second one is um, the evolution of local architecture. And the third one, the finale, will be uh, on community and how that interacts with with architecture. In the, on the other side of where the panel discussions are, there's going to be kids' activities so that mums and dads can leave Love kids it. there. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, giant Jenga competitions. They're going to have tower building competitions. And we're going to have the junkyard rascals who uh, get all this sort of safe stuff from the waste stream and they create big sculptures with, with the children so that mums and dads can uh, feel safe that the kids are learning something and 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 having good fun while they get to to um, listen to the panel discussions. So on the first panel, we've got the interiors. We've got Deborah Hutton. We've got Roseanne Jernay. She's moderating it. She's a local interior designer. Um, we've got Margie Raman from Edmonston Jones. She's uh, um, um, done some amazing work locally. And they're going to just talk about the evolution of the interiors and, and how that has kind of um, resulted in the beautiful homes that we see in the northern Illawarra and all throughout Wollongong. Evolution, things like, you know, kitchen. You know, the open plan kitchen uh, came about back in the 1940s or something like okay. that, that open plan, yeah. And so how is that translated to nowadays? Are people still into that open plan? And how come the kitchen has become this jewel of the inside of the a house? The epicentre of a house. Yeah, the great. The epicentre of a house. <laughs> a lot of people spend so much money. You can spend like $30,000 on a fridge these days and, yes. and people, you know, love that. It's just, it's it's kind of like, yeah, the, the jewel in the house. And so there'll be a whole bunch of discussions around that. Then uh, the architecture stream, uh, Penny's, uh, my co-director, is hosting that or moderating that, and she they're going to be talking about how the kind of local architecture influenced, like, pre-contemporary times, some of the houses in the area, like is it through materials, is it through um, design approach, how, and how is that kind of, moving into this kind of climate change environment. So we've got uh, Morgan Figgis talk about his, his work. We've got um, Dane Taylor, who, who's done some great work in around Osmere and has, has had a heap of um, publicity around his butterfly house. Uh, and we're going to talk to Adam Suter. He's a builder. 
Yeah. They've just, he's just done the passive design house, Pepper Tree. It's won a whole bunch of awards. That's down in, in uh, West Wollongong there. And how that kind of all these new systems are kind of coming into play on the housing design. So basics now, we have to achieve seven stars minimum. Yeah. So what's that going to, how is that going to translate into the design of homes? Then finally, community, that's kind of going big picture and we're just, so if we, for example, we've got uh, Deb Hunt's on that one again and we've got Saul Griffith, Electri- Dr. Electrify, uh, and Edward Burt, Met Bike Mayor of Wollongong, what does that mean for the built environment of our um, of our area, of, of the Illawarra? Um, what does it mean for bike paths? What does it mean for the local beach pavilion or the community centre? What does it mean for, um, you know, potential new developments, wind farms off the coast? And it's going to kind of just cap the the, um, whole um, event off. Then we're going to go and have some beer and wine at the Barrel Shepherd and some pizzas from the Woodfire Pizza Guys. How good's that? Sounds like an amazing yeah. day. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad our business is getting behind this as well because I think it's a, it's a great event. Uh, I think it's a real mix of people that are aspiring to build a fantastic uh, and architecturally designed home and then homeowners in the area who have been there, done that, mm-hmm. sharing their wisdom and obviously the professionals that have come on that journey as well. So it's going to be an amazing event. Uh, if you're down in the Illawarra, I highly recommend you put this in the diary for the 25th of uh, November. We'll include all the details of the event in the uh, in the show notes below as well. And if you want to find out about more uh, from Ben uh, and his architecture business, we'll include the details uh, for women architects below as well. But Ben, I want to say thank you very much for your time, for generosity, and look forward to an amazing event on the 25th of November, mate. Smash it. No, thank you. And thank you for coming on board as gold sponsors. Thank you so much to Atelier Wealth, and thanks for having me on the show. Not at all, mate. Wonderful. That's a wrap for another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. Like I said, had a slightly different flavor, but we'll do a recap on what happens on the 25th, and we'll we'll bring that event to you. Uh, Some of the highlight reels, we'll share that on our our, uh, socials as well. And if you found this episode helpful, we'd love a review. And it, better yet, if you have any questions for future episodes, please drop us a uh, an email or shoot us a message as well. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.